Welcome to the Top 10 Gardener with Master Gardener, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and top 10 advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your garden hosts, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of Northern Arizona. And we are starting to, you should be in the gardens right now that they've thawed. That snow we had a couple of weeks ago, it's kind of, it's out of here. So the ground is open and it's moist and soft. And so it's time to clean things up. And so I thought I'd share uh, the article that I wrote for the newspaper this week. It's a spring to-do list for better gardens. There's a few things you should get done. It's imperative in the month of March. So now through the next two, three weeks, you should knock this list out. And it really comes down to clean up and feeding. That's that's in a nutshell. That's it. I'm just about done with all of my cleanup, pruning, that kind of things. And I'd really start with your annual flowers and your things that grew last year, your geraniums, your uh, zinnias, uh, the, the old tomatoes, the, the peppers, things that maybe are left over out there, they need to go. And so they're sitting there composting, rotting. You need to get the ground open up anyway. And yeah, th that stuff's not good for the gardens. If it had a bug or a disease on it last summer, fall, well, they've been there. It's They're still there. You want to get that stuff out of there and throw it away or compost it and, and kind of start over. That opens up the earth for you. And so it's, it's really important. Your herbaceous perennials. These are perennials that hibernate underground. Then they come back fresh from their roots every spring, herbaceous perennials. A lot of herbs are that way. Most of your perennials are that way. It's time to clean those up. The second you start seeing any kind of new growth. So, so my chrysanthemums, they are, they're growing. They're probably an inch out of the ground already. They're a herbaceous perennial. They've been underground, didn't know where they were all winter. All of a sudden the snow thawed and they're starting to come up. It is time to allow that new foliage, the new buds, the new eyes to see the sunlight. So, so the uh, perennials, they are up, the, the, the eyes are coming up out of the ground. So they're not leafy yet, but you can see they're emerging from the ground. If that old foliage is sitting there, you haven't cut it back yet, it's, it's shading your perennials. And so you want to open that stuff up, cut them back and expose them to the sun so that they can feel warm warms the soil up, kind of, it'll make them all, just activates everything right away. So cleanup's important. If you had mulch that you put over some of your beds, let's say around your roses, around you're just protecting things through winter, it's time to pull that stuff back. Don't let it sit on the crown, on the, on the branches, on the structure of those plants. Uh, they'll start to rot on you especially as they start to grow, as things start to activate. There's some bacterial things that can eat the sugars in, in, in those canes, in those branches, and at the base of that plant. Spread that stuff out. Kind of kind of get it. Spread the wealth. In fact, I would, I would increase some. I put a two, three-inch layer around most of my plants because they, they feed off that. I don't know where the soil goes. Actually, I do. The plants use it. So plants are using that compost, using that potting soil. They're using up the soil. It's a renewable source for them. They're going, I'm going to, I'm going to grow this year. I'm going to use this soil and grow. You'll need to replenish that annually. 
especially for fast-growing vegetable flower gardens. You need to add more uh, fast-growing roses. If you want bigger roses, add some composted mulch, just a bag around each plant, and it will be a game changer. It, it regulates the soil temperature. It gets rid of weeds, uh, get, moistens, keeps the soil moist, and the plants actually use it and feed off of that. So it's not really a food, but they're using the soil. That's where it disappears. People say it blows away. No, it doesn't blow away. The plants actually feed off of it. They're using it up. The worms will break it down. The, there's a lot going on in a healthy soil. You need to replenish that. That's, so clean up and then replenish usually a two to three inch layer. This is where you're using manures. Uh, manures are just fantastic because they've got some nitrogen. They're kind of a mild organic fertilizer. So they're not truly a, a balanced fertilizer. It's just mainly nitrogen. That's one too to really watch. So not all manure is organic. It depends on where it came from and what they were feeding those animals that they harvested the poop from. And so you really want a, a, a manure that's composted over a longer period of time. So our manure, we call it barnyard manure. It's deodorized. The way we do that is we just compost it three times longer than anyone else does. There's a big pile steaming there. So now it's broken down. So there's no poopy parts that you can recognize left. That's gross. Uh, and then we add a little bit of a real fine uh, compost to it. So that kind of mitigates any smell. The last thing I want to do, uh, 20 years ago, I was putting manure bags in the back of a Mercedes and I just went and it stunk to high heaven. It was gooey, gross, disgusting. I went, that, that's it. We are a classier place than this. We're not putting this in the back of people's cars, especially the nice ones. Oh my gosh, brand new truck. We're going to put poop in the back that oozes and goos out all over your new pickup truck. No, that's not going to happen here at Waters Garden Center. Just out of, so, so it takes us a little bit longer. You'll pay maybe a dollar more. But it's such a far superior product. But now is the time to put a two, three inch layer of manure around the gardens. It is important to get done pruning your summer blooming perennial, woody perennials. This would be butterfly bush. It'd be crepe myrtles, uh, rose of Sharon's. Uh, these things that bloom, usually starting June through fall, you prune those things in the month of March. It's now, right now. Things that bloom in the spring... That's uh, lilacs and forsythia and quince. You wait to prune. You let them flower first. As soon as they're done blooming, you cut them back, you, you, you shape them, you kind of trim them that way. So there's a timing thing. It, you could prune them back right now. So a lilac bush, it's gotten 10 feet tall and it's too big. You want it down to chest high. Well, let it bloom, then cut it back that way. Uh, if you did it now, it wouldn't hurt the plant. It just wouldn't bloom for you. Well, you planted a lilac so you can enjoy the fragrance. So enjoy the fragrance first, then go ahead and prune it back. Same with forsythia. It's about, they're about to pop. So they're, they're, they're about to go. Uh, soon as enjoy that golden flower and then cut them back. It's a critical time. I think this is the best time to prune back your hedges, your evergreen hedges and uh, junipers, a red tip photinia, Eliagnus, Euonymus, all these hedges, uh, you could have pruned them back earlier, but then they have this butchered look. They have, you can see all the open stems. It just, it looks like you've been mangling this, this hedgerow. But if you wait until March now, you, you cut it back. They're about to grow. I mean, they're going to be in a month, they're going to be whew, 
flushing new growth. So you just simply prune them back right before they're going to flush new growth. And they won't have that gnarly, woody, open. What did, what were they thinking when they pruned that thing back? Oh, oh my gosh, it's too much. Prune them back now and you'll be good. At least you can cut them back 25, 30%. Just, just take a 10 foot head, just take it right back to five, six feet. That's perfectly fine. Fertilize it and you'll, you'll, you'll kind of feed your way out of any mistake you might make. Same with the uh, fruit trees. You're, for, you're, you're, you're cutting that thing back, shaping things up. Then you're spraying it with dormant oil to get rid of the bugs. And then you're fertilizing just one, two, three prune spray with horticultural oil. It's an organic, it's the least offensive, least expensive organic bug killer you can use. And you got to use it in the winter. So it's, a, it's an early spring winter thing. So you, you clean back, then you hose everything down with horticultural oil. Now to get rid of your aphids, thrip, all, squash bugs, all the things that are sitting there from last year gets rid of all of those. Prune back your roses, prune back your grasses. It's time to do all of that. Prune, 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 clean, clean, clean. That's that's kind of the summary of it all. A couple of things I do myself personally. And in fact, I'll take a whole segment just on fertilizing because it's so important. But one I can add to right here at the this end of the first segment is if you're going to keep weeds at bay easily without backbreaking, you can put a weed and grass stopper. It's like a fertilizer. You spread it over your rock. You spread it around your roses. You spread it throughout your, your fruit trees. You spread it out. And it does not affect any plants already growing. It only affects the seed. And so it keeps the seed from germinating and sending that taproot down. Put that down right away. I can't emphasize that enough. Because once the seed, once the weeds start coming up, it's too late. Now you got to break out the toxic waste in a you know, roundups and stuff. It gets really laborious and dangerous. Weed and grass stopper takes all that guesswork out, gets rid of the weeds. It cuts down on 90% of all the effort it takes to weed. That's it for this segment. Be right back with Lisa Watersland with your garden questions right after this. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Double Pink Linton Rose. Stunning double pink flowers dangle from this amazing perennial. And this flower stands apart from the rest for its tremendous color impact that starts in midwinter and then holds its blooms right through spring. So tough it's rarely bothered by bugs and completely deer proof. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love new pink perennials, they love to shop. You're listening to Garden Master Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join his daily podcast for timely garden advice, seasonally right for the gardens. Ken can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott or through his website at top10gardener.com. You're listening to Garden Master Ken Lane and the Top 10 Gardener podcast. Welcome to the Top 10 Garden Show. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors? What are other gardeners asking about? And we just share that because I think others could benefit from that as well. So, Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Good to be back. <coughs> I'll try and have a voice here. <laughs> yeah. I hear a lot of folks are saying allergies are, are, are starting to happen. Yes. So you're starting to see that. So plus we unloaded a full oh. semi of trees and shrubs yeah. and you pop the 
the cord on them and the poof. Oh, yeah. Of yellow dust, so. dirt, pollen, yeah. trees. A lot of the evergreens came in, oh, yes. so mm -hmm. they can be that way. So. so, but it's okay. You just take a yeah. an allergy med and you enjoy spring. There you go. Yeah. What kind of garden questions do we have this week? Anything? Sure. Try to stump me or something? Well, golly, what do I do with them? <laughs> I'll fill the time. I'll just kind of. Fill the blank. I thought I was ready. All right. Dalton and Prescott says he's pruned back his yard and now he's ready to apply his horticultural spray. His question is, is there anything it should not be sprayed on in the landscape? Yeah. So, uh, Dalton, that's a great question, actually. So, uh, no, it's uh, horticulture oils are basically it's like baby oil or something. Just, mineral it's oil, good mineral oils. Yeah. It's good for everything in the garden. It's not going to hurt anything completely organic you can spray it on your herbs on your rose bushes uh, things where you obviously had bug issues yes because you do have eggs they, they laid eggs last year and they've been sitting there waiting to come out this spring oil coats that egg and suffocates it naturally mm -hmm. and so it, it cleans everything up for you so you can't you can't go wrong you can only go right and I would say, while you got it on a hose-in sprayer, usually your, your power is more is better, quantity over quality. So just get out everything and just hose down everything. Mm -hmm. uh, focus on the base of the trees, base of the branches, because that's where a lot of plant bugs hibernate. And then the main structure uh, for your big pine trees and things, your scales from your bark beetles, they hibernate in the big crotches, the big uh, cr crags. Mm -hmm. So focus in on those. And that's where it's hard. It takes more than you think mm -hmm. uh, quantity-wise to really be effective. Uh, bugs can fly in at you later in spring, but at least you're starting out clean. Uh, so it's, if, if you want to spray everything, I'd say by the end of middle, middle to the end of March, mm -hmm. you want to clean up and spray everything in the yard. Definitely, definitely. Well, Prescott Valley might be different. You're no, you're no different. You, you just think you're special. You're the same. You're special. The other side of the hill, the Verde. You all think you're so much different. You're the same. You just do it the same. Flagstaff. It's the same. Uh, Paulden. It's the same. Spray, prune, get done by mm -hmm. the end of March and spray with horticultural oil and then fertilize mm -hmm. everything in the yard. So uh, would now be a good time to apply the tree and shrub drench for scale, bark yeah. beetles, those kind of things, or is it still too early? No, it's good. So the sap is flowing on the trees. So that's your cue. Uh, I've got, I'm having customers or uh, friends show, show me their, their cell phones going, hey, look, my maple's starting to flow. Is that is that a concern? No, that's normal. That's the the sap is flowing. Yeah. So we're not that hard freeze. We're done, and the trees. The days are getting longer. Mm -hmm. the, the trees are going. I'm ready to go. I am tired of winter. Let's go. And so that's your cue. I would say any time in the month of March, put your tree and shrub drench on pretty much all your evergreens mm -hmm. uh, to keep the bugs out of them. This is a a bug deterrent you put on trees. Actually, it can be a bug. It can solve your bug problems <laughs> if you've got bark beetles and scale, that kind of stuff. But you do it in the spring, in the month of March, and then it it, it affects the tree. It, it protects the tree for the mm -hmm. rest of the year. Okay. All right. Next question is from Joanne in Prescott Valley. She wants to know, is it still too early to put out spring vegetables, lettuce, kale, broccoli, etc.? Uh, and what about hardy herbs? 
And then also, if she does put them out, will she need to protect them at night? Yeah. So good, good. Joanne, that's a great question. You're, you're good to go. So the weather <clears> forecast, <throat> it looks like we're eating in the 30s, high 20s. Perfect for, for early spring. I notice our parsley. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? There are a couple of things that we're actively growing right now. I mean, they wintered over with us. They are no longer in winter mode. They are in spring growth mode. Mm -hmm. That's your cue. The, the soil is warm enough. You can plant kales, cabbages, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, uh, your, your parsleys, your sage, your mints, your thyme. All these things like this, this bright days, cool nights. They, they thrive in that. Lettuce, spinach, they thrive in this. Uh, if you were to wait a month and a half, it'd be too late because then they start to bolt. They get all flavored. Really, they're very early spring kind of plants. And so it's time to put that in. I would say, I don't know when the potatoes come in or uh, the garlics, the onions, any day now. As soon as you can get those, grab, put them in the ground. The ground mm -hmm. is not going to freeze at this point. Uh, maybe the White Mountains, if you're tuned in, maybe you'll get Flagstaff, maybe. Uh, but here at this this 5,000 to 6,000 foot level, this Groom Creek down, yeah, you're fine. The, the okay. Jerome, Cottonwood, Camp Verde, Sedona, you're, you're fine. Go for it now. You're, you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, do you need to protect it? She has that Oh, yeah, too. at night. Uh, if, you, if you go down into mid-low 20s, you might throw a box over it or something. But mm -hmm. again, it, I was looking at the forecast. It looks beautiful. Looks From pretty good. From this point forward, I'm going, this yeah. is this is awesome. Uh -huh. That's why we live in Arizona, this part of Arizona. It's just <laughs> that beautiful. That is true. All right. Our next question is from Zach out in Chino. Uh, he wants to know, is it possible to keep a standard fruit tree like an apple under 10 feet with good pruning, or is that a lost cause? Yeah, you can. You're probably going to prune, Zach, you're going to prune twice a year, probably. I mean, more than likely. You're going to prune in the winter now just to keep to, to shape it. Mm -hmm. So the, the main pruning is going to be done now. And then you're probably going to also need to prune if you're doing standards. Now, if you have a semi-dwarf, it'll take some pressure off. You go genetic dwarfs, because they naturally stay down to four, five, six feet anyway. No pruning. But semi-dwarfs take a little pressure off, but even those want to shoot up to 15, 18 feet. So it'll, you're, you're going to prune in the summer the suckers. So you're going to prune it back and then you get this elongated, real aggressive growth because uh, all those roots are now focused on just growing more branches. Mm -hmm. So you'll thin those back a second time. Usually, yeah, after you're done pruning the, the fruit off. So after you pick your peaches, after you take the apples off, after you prune them back some. And so that'll keep it easily under control at that 10, 12 foot level mm -hmm. without even trying. It'd be real easy. Yeah, you yeah. can do that. We've got a peach tree in a container. <laughs> it's maybe eight feet tall at most, but with the pot, it's in a big three by three by three uh, foot pot. It's it's above, it's maybe at 10 feet. Mm -hmm. So I stand on the hot tub to prune it basically. That, that's <laughs> how that's how tall it's allowed to get. No taller. Right. Right. It, it is, you know, we have the peaches and the nectarines, which we have true dwarf ones and yeah. some really nice varieties. And for those guys, but I will say it is harder to find a true dwarf apple yeah. and a true dwarf pear. Those are a little, you can find them in semi dwarf pretty right. easily, but a true dwarf is a challenge. Yeah. But yeah. Pit, the pitted fruits are far easier. They naturally grow smaller anyway. Mm -hmm. Apples and pears naturally grow larger anyway. 
Right. Uh, I would say the same thing with, with the cherries. They naturally grow a little bit taller. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, apricots, nectarines, peaches, they grow about, I don't know, high teens, 20 foot or so. And then cherries will get up to that 25. Apples and pears, if you let them go, a standard size, they'll go to 30 feet. They're like yeah. a mini shade tree. Mm -hmm. That produces fruit. My mouth just watered. You <laughs> must be. <laughs> so you blew through my questions, which is oh. unusual. But let me ask you this, because we're getting a lot of questions in the store. Um, is it time to fertilize and, and be out there? Fruit trees and your regular landscape, roses, yeah. all those. Yeah, I did touch on that just a touch, but I'm going to do oh. a whole segment on because that's so important. Right. To fertilize, I'm going to dedicate the fifth segment just just to that because it can be complicated. Yeah. The main thing is use organic foods when you're fertilizing. Mm -hmm. uh, we are all dealing with well water or groundwater, mm -hmm. and so we all you stick a straw on the ground, you suck the water out, and and if you're on a well, you can poison yourself. So don't stay away from synthetics. Stay away from or, or the bulk of it. Stay away from. Don't fertilize around your well casing because it can get down in the water table. Organics. They break down much slower and the plants take it all in. So you don't, mm -hmm. you don't have any of this. Your turf builders, and these Scots, these great big synthetic things, nah, they release so fast. They can point Stay away from those. Be kind. Yeah. yeah. That's it for this segment. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back after this. Fruit cocktail trees turn any backyard into a veritable farmer's market. At Waters, we've grafted onto one tree different types of cherries apples and pears for easy backyard fruit picking. These small fruit trees grow in containers just off the patio in smaller yards. Anyone can grow a fruit cocktail tree. You'll find braided cocktail trees with multiple fruits beautifully braided into one tree. Fruit cocktail trees are ready to plant at Waters Garden Center in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. You're listening to Ken Lang, AKA the Top 10 Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Family Garden Center. Listen daily as he answers the top 10 questions of the week, streaming on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. You've tuned in to the Top 10 Garden Show with garden expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation daily as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Or visit face-to-face -face throughout the week where he can be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So there's, I, every month I put together a companion plant grouping things that look good together, that grow well together in that part of the yard, in, in the landscape for that month. So February, uh, we've got a list, a lot of evergreen kind of stuff. So it's it's single leaf pinion pines, lily of the valley, beautiful, fragrant type of plants, uh, junipers, cotonias, boxwoods, lots of evergreen stuff. But I thought I would focus on one specifically. Pinion pines. So now we grow pinion pines. They're native here, especially in that chaparral. It's where the, the manzanitas, the eleagnes, some of those native uh, privets are growing. This is where your pinion pines are growing. Uh, now the native one uh, should look luxurious, thick, full, luscious, almost tropical. I mean, it should be striking. If it's thin and wispy, 
uh, there, there's a there's a bug that can get on that particular plant. It's called pinion pine scale, a little tiny bug that crawls up, attach, attaches itself to the needle. And if you look closely at the needle, if you've got a pinion pine in your yard, walk out there and take a look at the needle. And if it looks like someone's taken a, a number two pencil or a little, if there's a little dot on that needle, several dots, that's the scale. So they actually attach themselves, pierce the needle, uh, the, the pinion pine needle, and then it encrusts itself with a, with a scale. That's the name scale. So it protects itself from aphids and uh, lace wings, and all the predatory types of bugs is its defense. Well, they suck the plant dry till the needles literally starve to death and drop off. And so if this happens for several years, it could be thin and wispy. And so entire neighborhoods, the pinion pines have been taken out. The easiest way to solve this, you do not need to be an arborist. You don't need to spend a thousand bucks to have someone do this for you. You can do it yourself. It's a, it's a bottle of called tree and shrub drench. Um, it's a liquid. You mix it up in your watering can, pour it right at the base of the tree. This is the month. So month of March, you're kind of doing it now through the end of March, just as the plant's starting to grow. Uh, one application treats it for the entire year, but the plant will absorb this through the cam up underneath the bark and it taints all the sap. And so it gets up into the needles, especially the new growth. And then they start, it's kind of like an antibiotic for, for trees. And it just takes them right out. And if you can get rid of the bugs and fertilize it with that 744 all-purpose plant food, oh, you're going to have magical growth this spring without bugs. There is a new variety called single-leaf pinion pines. This is a this is the one that they actually grow, they harvest the nuts off of. And so single-leaf pinion pines, this is a Mediterranean-looking plant, beautiful plant. Uh, it's got a thicker, chubbier needle. It's got more blue color to it. Uh, it, it's, it's got a, I, I think it's hardier. Uh, the bugs don't seem to go after that one like it does our native one. And the key is you can get pinion pine nuts off of this, off their pine cones within just a few years. Whereas the native one, it's gotta be like 20 years old before it's finally old enough to put pinion pine nuts on it. And then they aren't as good and juicy and as buttery as the single leaf pinion pine. Just had some beautiful ones come in the nursery. They're just striking. They're full. They're thick. You can you can tell they're cousins of our native one, and they're just as robust. Uh, but you're planting it for a thicker, easier care, buttery nut kind of of pinion pine. Uh, that's the one you want to plant if you're going to plant a pinion pine. I've got the native ones, but if it were me and I'm just talking to friends over the over the back fence, I would plant the single leaf. Pinion pine, just a better tree, I think. A lot of evergreens came in this week. Lots of pinion pines, uh, ponderosas, uh, the Austrian pines, the Vanderwolfs. It's a very pretty kind of Eastern uh, type of pine tree. Beautiful blue and silver color to it. It's, it's striking. Now is your best selection. Now is your best time. Now is your best opportunity to plant. I would say now before they start to leave, before those evergreens start to elongate, you want to buy your tree, get it in the ground so that it wakes up and starts to grow in its new home. And you've just got a great selection right now. So nurseries, we've got a spring open house coming up. Is that March 16th? It's the weekend of spring. Duh, spring open house. Uh, so we, we're so we're stocking up like crazy. I mean, trucks, like, there's like three truckloads of plants came in and we're just trying to power up 
uh, two acres of plants in like several days before the 16th. It's like we feel the pressure. And so we are filling up all the evergreens came in this week. And so there's lots to choose from. Every color, shape, size, variety, and they're all for here. This this higher elevation of the central part of Arizona, they're made for us. And so now's the time to plant them. But look at, while you're doing that, the single leaf pinion pine. I think it's a better choice. And the other companion plants that go with that. Lily the Valley, Cotoneasters, Boxwoods, Hellebores, Got a, got a beautiful hellebores are, are full, full bloom right now. They're glorious. Uh, perennial that blooms in the winter. It's evergreen. It's got everything you could you could ever want from a flowering plant. And they're only available basically for the next, this early, late winter, early spring time frame. Then we run out, there's no more. Uh, hellebores or what's the other name for that? Lily, uh, Linton Rose is the other name. All right, that's it for this segment. Be right back with more garden tips, tricks, and garden hacks for your backyard right after this. Water's garden companion plants of February are Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Peony. Your grandmother would fall in love with these larger peony with so many colors to choose from. There's nothing like the enormous flowers to add stunning pops of color. Endearing springtime blooms are more than fragrant with luscious double flowers. Shop the most perennial peonies in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. The Top 10 Gardener, your source for timely garden advice, seasonally correct for the garden. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. You've tuned in to the Top 10 Gardener with garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him daily as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes in this segment just for her to get another gardener's perspective and Lisa was raised in a garden center. I think you were born here behind a mulch <laughs> pile or something. Your parents brought, this is daycare for you. It was, yes, you know, everything. It was. And so it's in your blood, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So your, your father, Harold Waters, started the garden center back in 1962. This will be our 62nd spring open house in a couple of weeks. I'll make sure everyone gets an invite to that. But mm -hmm. uh should be exciting times. So I wish he was here to see that. We lost him a couple of years ago. Yeah. And... Uh, he would be proud of the right. garden center. And now our kids are, mm -hmm. well, Mackenzie, child. our daughter. <laughs> One of our children. Our youngest child is now training to take it for the third generation mm -hmm. of garden center owners. So it's kind yeah. of in our blood. It's fun and it's spring. And we all, I always think of dad of spring because his birthday was March 17th. And he just loved spring. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I <was just> he, <laughs> he loved the trucks arriving, plants blooming, new variety. He loved everything about that. Yeah. So, yeah, he'd, been, he'd been retired 20 years. He'd still come yeah. in and see a plant that needed watering. He'd pick up bows. <laughs> he just, it was in his blood. He just loved mm -hmm. that. So anyway, yeah. Harold Waters, we miss you. Definitely. Anyway, what do we got for this segment? What are we sharing? I see a bunch of uh, blooming plants in the yeah. studio. So, so we I got can some... smell them now. You can smell them. Mm -hmm. I, I wish I could. <laughs> no, we got some really cool plants uh, that just came in that 
it's a great time to find them because if you wait too much longer into the season, you know, June, July, you're going to miss. They're not going to be around. Plus, you want to get them in now and enjoy uh, the plants and a lot of the blooms that they have on them. A lot of folks don't realize <clears throat> that garden centers, there's a rotation, there's a crop rotation. Mm -hmm. We have a 52-week calendar called a grow calendar, and we'll look at week 23. We want to have this blooming, and then we count back on when to start the cuttings, the soil, when to start the seed. And so it's it's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is to run out of that crop before it's done blooming and then have the next week's crop rotation come in. And so there's right. a finite season. So if you're mm -hmm. searching plants, you're going, oh, I really like that flowering heath you've got. You're going to tell mm -hmm. us about. I really like that. It's an evergreen thing. It's, oh, my gosh, I want one. And you wait six weeks. You're no longer here. It's long here. gone. So it's, right. it's been gone for three weeks already. Definitely. So you really want to grab those things while you see them, especially the bigger, slower growing things, mm -hmm. trees. Um, when they're gone, it's some of those trees. We've got some that are 10, 15 years old. When they're gone, there's no more behind them. It's not like you go get more of them, bring <laughs> yeah. them in. They're just out. You got to uh, wait. So yeah, mm -hmm. you grab them while you can. Yeah. So one of the ones I wanted to talk about, which a lot of people don't think about being a spring bloomer, but it actually is beautiful when it blooms, is the manzanitas. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so we got the chieftain and the panchito and kinnikinick. So kinnikinick is the ground cover, stays low to the ground, um, has a really pretty pink blossom to it. Chieftain and panchito both get about two foot by four to five yeah. feet. Uh, nice evergreen shrubs for out there in your yards, low maintenance love the sun, uh, low water usage, critters don't bother them. Yes, yeah, um, so it, it's got I everything you want. System. I just water yeah. by hand until they get right. started. So mm -hmm. just abuse them to kind of kick dirt at them, curse at them. They'll grow better like that. <laughs> well, like maybe don't natives. curse at them. Yeah, yeah. But um, nice, nice bunch that came in and they are so pretty when they bloom. They have like a little pink bell shaped flowers to yeah. them. They're probably quite attractive. True, true. Yeah. They bloom early. So when the bees start foraging, there's not that much out for them. Right. But they really like the mm -hmm. manzanita. Yeah. So definitely check those out. Um, we also got the heath in the Mediterranean heath. So I brought an example in oh, to yay. show you. So this That's one pretty. is the oh pink Mediterranean heath. Yeah. It also comes in white. Um, we got those in one gallon and three gallon. Ooh, big boys. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, they're beautiful. beautiful. And I would tell you, you were talking about the bees. We literally got these in late yesterday afternoon and put them out. When I went out to grab one for the show, there were bees, just yeah. happy as could be. Yeah. So if you want to bring some bees into your yard, those early pollinators, this is a terrific plant yeah. for that. Um, this one is also evergreen, so it's going to bloom for a really long extended period of time. Uh, but when it's done blooming, uh, the foliage is like a real ferny green, um, just yeah. very delicate, but very pretty. Does even without the containers. Is yeah. it real pretty as a pot <clears throat> and, yeah. a, and a container plant? Right. Raised beds mm -hmm. next to a driveway. It's, we've grown this in Skull Valley in full sun. Mm -hmm. It'll take shade. It's really it's Very versatile. adaptable. Yeah. 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 Elk didn't eat it. If you folks at the higher elevations. Yeah. Uh, the deer don't bother it. It's just a good hardy plant mm -hmm. for here. If you want a, a, an alpine looking type of, of perennial flowering plant, look at look no further than Mediterranean heat. Yeah, especially for those early bloomers. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think they what, get four by four? 
Uh, okay. I think four is a bit, a bit optimistic. Three I'd by say three? It's three by four. It's okay. getting wider than it is taller. taller. Okay, I've yeah. seen really You're mature right. ones. You're right. Yeah. So, but it just keeps spilling out. Mm -hmm. So it has this fern looking. It's hardier than a fern, especially yeah. in the sun. And then animals don't bother. Mm -hmm. Again, another pollinator. Yeah, so great little plant to check into right now. Um, we also got some of more of our lilacs in, but we got a bunch of the bloomerang oh, lilacs. Nice. So yeah. this is the dark purple bloomerang. A great spring blooming plant, but the wonderful thing about bloomerangs um, is they will bloom two to three more times throughout the season. They're also a little smaller than your standard yeah. uh, lilacs. They're going to get probably four by four. Um, they also do very well in containers. I think they we do. have one in a container, yeah. don't we? Yeah. So that's great. Mm -hmm. And just as fragrant, a lot of people go, well, is it as fragrant? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> if the flowers are a little bit smaller, yeah. there's way more of them. Oh, it's like three it's times covered. the volume of flowers. This whole plant mm -hmm. is covered in flowers. Beautiful. But each of the pinnacles are a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. so. Still a great shrub, oh, yeah. container, landscape. That's another one. That. We will run out of that. So mm -hmm. that's one. It's so, we introduced that one a few years ago and it's gaining popularity uh, where we, we, we keep upping the quantity, we grow right. more and then we run out. Mm -hmm. So that's when you grab it while you can, right. especially the larger ones, they, they won't be around through, by mm -hmm. the end of spring, they're all gone. True. And then we also got some, just I mentioned it because a lot of people want the old fashioned common purple lilac that like, grandma like grew. Grandma, yeah. And we did get those in and they're actually surprisingly hard to find <laughs> because they've changed them through much throughout the year, trying to encourage different growths and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we do have some of the old common purples in as well. And then for those shady areas in your yard, we've got some a wonderful selection of azaleas in. Um, kind of all different colors, pinks, purples, whites. Uh, so beautiful azaleas that are, some are evergreen, some go dormant in the winter. So we have a couple different varieties there. Um, we got our rhododendrons in, uh, where they're again, lots of really different, beautiful colors, just bright purples, bright pinks, fuchsias, that type of thing. So good time to check those out. Um, they're definitely your shade lovers. They like the shade. People don't realize you can grow those here. And they're, they're right. just so... They've got a, a waxy leaf to them, so it makes them very efficient on their water use. Uh, they're, they're evergreen. Animals don't eat them, so they've got a lot going on that way. So it's just pretty. Put them on a drip system. Treat them like your other plants in the yard, mm -hmm. and they're happy with that. The secret was that bit of shade, right. that afternoon. You midday know, it, afternoon yeah. shade you know because we get hot here in the summer yeah. um we also get in our lily of the valley shrubs so pieris right and lily of the valley shrub. we got three different varieties in um i brought in the silver linings yeah, or flaming unusual. silver sorry flaming silver to show you so this one has a variegated leaf to it this is where it pays to 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 stream this through Spotify oh, yeah. or, or Apple because they do the video version of this. Yeah. Uh, whereas Podbean and, and Google and some others, they just do the audio version. Uh -huh. They don't have that video piece. But you don't you can see, see us. But for you, those <laughs> that, you, that aren't, uh, you know, just terrestrial airwaves, yeah. uh, we'll describe it to you. You'll, you'll, you'll smell the fragrance <laughs> here shortly. So this one is the variegated uh, Lily of the Valley Shrub. And they call it Lily of the Valley Shrub because of the blooms that it puts on. And I'm running out of time. So you're just going to have to come in and see it. But it is a beautiful plant. Loves the shady spots in the yard. And we have three different varieties of the Pieris. Uh, with that, we are out of time, Lisa. Thank you very much. Okay. So Pieris or Lily of the Valley. Can Elisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, be right back after this.
Waters Garden Companions of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Pinion Pines, and Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley is a gorgeous shrub that loves growing in the summer shade. This bold evergreen delights with dramatic, fiery growth in spring. Fragrant wedding cake layers of white flowers hover on graceful arching stems. Each dainty flower is utterly detestable to deer and javelina. Shop the most perennial shrubs in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You're listening to garden expert Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Additional shows of this podcast, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook, Instagram, at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Welcome to the Top 10 Garden Show at Ken Lane. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So as you get done pruning things, or even before, it's so important, just just do, do this first. You should feed everything in the yard by the end of March. So the sooner, the better. Plants are actively growing right now. The, the sap is starting to flow up and down your maples. You can see if you made a cut, you can see it. You can see it weeping some. That's the reason that when we make cuts this time of year, which is ideal, you, know, you clean it up in the month of March. Uh, the bigger branches, especially those that weep a lot, you know, pine trees, uh, spruce, they'll tend to tend to sap some. Maples are classic. Uh, sometimes your fruit trees will paint that scar, the bigger one where that cut was, with a black tar. It's called pruning paint. It keeps the bugs out and it seals off some of that, that flowing stuff. They make a really convenient aerosol. I mean, just sometimes that the, the, the canister with the little brush in the end is kind of messy. You get it on you. And if you get that stuff on your, on your clothes, it's not coming out. Pruning paint does not come out. It stains permanently. Uh, the spray, you just spray it right on there and boy, it's just so easy. The things they come up with that make gardening easier uh, is just amazing. So we, we're always looking for that. Feeding your plants is, I would say, the most important thing, even more so than fertile, than, than uh, pruning. The plants have used up all the food that it had in the ground last fall, last summer. They've used that up. So they've stored it and they've made roots with it. They're starting to use, uh, grow new uh, flower buds and leaf buds. So you've seen the, the bud swell noticeable on the branches right now. Some plants are actually blooming. So your winter blooming jasmine, your hellebores, Linton roses, they're in bloom right now. And so it takes a lot of energy to, to create all this new growth. And so if you don't fertilize now, the plants will be left hungry. And then summer comes, they'll start looking yellow, thin. The leaves will be smaller, less of them. Your fruits will be smaller, less of them. It's just so important to fertilize by the end of this month. I'm doing two things in my yard. Uh, right now, I am fertilizing with the 744 all-purpose plant food most of the yard, especially evergreens. That's a cottonseed meal, bird guano. It's got some iron and sulfur in it. It just it's it's a good blend for the mountains of for this part of Arizona. For Arizona, uh, I made that 20 years ago uh, because we have an alkalinity problem. The whole state has very alkaline, hard uh, mineral kind of water, and so this food helps to to counteract some of that so the food can activate, so the plant can pick up more of it. 
So you'll see a striking difference. And here's the best thing. It's organic. Actually, I can't call it organic. When you put iron, when you put a mineral into a food, it's not truly organic. It can be all natural, but not organic. And so we call it all natural plant food, 744 all-purpose plant food. I do that for most of the yard for my organic plants. So the fruit trees, the berries, the grapes, uh, the, where the vegetable garden's going to go. I do make an actual, a purist type of organic food. No minerals, just organic plant food. It's a 6447 plant food. It's called fruit and vegetable waters, fruit and vegetable food. It's to keep it completely organic. And so we call it 6447 because mostly we use this for edible plants. And so uh, the calcium, that 7% calcium is what brings out the flavor, brings out the the, the sweetness, the aroma, uh, makes fruits larger. So it's made to, if you're just going to put a fruit on or a vegetable, you want the, the 6447 fruit and vegetable food. So I use those two. So I'm, I'm putting that on all my plants from roses to fruit trees, to, to berry plants, to my evergreens, to my hedges, to my privacy screens. Everything gets fertilized, even your native plants. I say a little bit of care. You put that gardener's touch on a native plant, they will love you for it. And so they just react really well to it. Any kind of care. Yeah, but they've been growing there all their lives, Ken. I don't, they don't even know help. You know, they do need some help because you built your house in their yard. You cut some of their roots, you affected the way the water flows and, and plants do need some care, just a little bit for natives. And fertilizing now in the spring, game changer. It totally new, totally, just a totally healthier plant. Uh, obviously your, your, your ornamental plants, those things that aren't native, you know, those beautiful flowers that are the natives, uh, the, the lilac things, your roses, they need food. Uh, if you want roses, uh, they should be in full bloom by the end of April. So, you know, a few weeks out and roses are just in full glorious bloom. They're going to take some food. It takes a lot of energy to pull that off. And so you'll need to give them some food. So it's critical. Do it now. In addition to that, to my entire yard, I do two things. I fertilize them. And then I also add soil sulfur. Uh, I know I said sulfur, 644 doesn't have sulfur in it. It's an organic food. Uh, but, you know, sulfur is really helpful for plants. Uh, sometimes plants, that pH creeps up too high and then the plants get smaller leaves. They get a yellow tinge to them. They stop blooming as well. They, they drop their fruit. Uh, they drop their vegetables. And so sulfur can help counteract that. And it's because of your water. Your water is so alkaline, the soil takes on whatever the pH is of your of the tap water. Whatever water source you're using, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to go to. And so that's going to be in that seven to eight range. Well, the book says you should try to get it as close to the neutral pH as you can at 6.5. Quite honestly, I've never made it to 6.5. I mean, I might make it for a few days and then it pops right back. If you can get it down to that seven range, I find gardening's pretty easy. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be less than what we have currently, which is super alkaline water. And so your soil takes on super alkalinity. Uh, so it just kind of, you're the rest of the country is putting hydrated lime on their gardens right now. Don't, for the love of gardening, don't do that here. 
not in this little bubble of the Southwest, you will kill your soil. It'll take that pH and just push it off the charts. Uh, you, you folks have had hot tubs and pools. You know, you're always measuring your pH. You're seeing what the alkaline is. Is it too acid? Is it too alkaline? You're trying to keep it balanced so that when you jump in that, that hot tub, if you if it's off, you'll get out of that. You'll feel like your skin's crawling off. You need to take a shower. Just what's going on here? Uh, that's what's happening. Your pH is off. Well, your plant's roots do the same thing in the ground, only they can't get out of the hot tub or get out of the ground. You're stuck there. And so they start to, they start to whine and complain and they're talking to you. And so just know... It's going to be, it's going to go high. You're going to have to counteract that and lower it down. And so I put my fertilizer in spring. I just know it's going to be a problem. And I want more fragrant lilacs. I want better blooms on my, on, on my crepe myrtles, on everything. And so I also, in addition, put soil sulfur, straight sulfur. It looks like a little sulfur disc out there. And so I just put that on everything in spring. That's the only time I do it. Yeah, the sulfur piece, I'll fertilize four, three other times throughout the year. But that sulfur, I do it mainly in the spring because that new growth is so hungry. And they're going to take up all this nutrient and water and food and grow. And I want it to be as healthy as I can. I even add it to my vegetable and flower gardens. If you want giant pansies that are this bigger than the size of silver dollars, right? like they're bigger than golf ball size. Sulfur, lower that pH. Boy, they just take on a color and fragrance. I mean, pansy fragrance should be over the top. You should smell that. That's the reason you put them in raised in containers so you can bring them up to nose level and enjoy that fragrance even more so. Stocks, so flowering stock. The most fragrant flower, I think it's more fragrant than a, than a lilac is or Rose of Sharon or, or, or a Lily of the Valley. Uh, stocks are S-T-O-C-K. They should come up with a better name than that, but it's a little annual flower that just loves to grow here. And if you keep that pH down, you make, try to make it a little more acidic, they, the fragrance just jumps right out at you. It's a game changer. So by the end of the month, by the end of March, you should fertilize everything in the yard. And I would say add soil sulfur to everything in the yard. It will change the way your plants look, the health, the size of the foliage, the number of flowers, be a game changer. That's how you fertilize here in the mountains of Arizona. Be right back with more right after this. Waters Garden Companion plants of February are peony, lily of the valley, pinyon pines, and Calgary carpet juniper. Calgary carpet juniper shows rich green mounds of juniper beauty that grows ankle high for the perfect ground cover. An ideal choice for low water, low care erosion control on natural banks or to soften that rock lawn. The perfect green nestled between boulders or to soften the top edge of a retaining wall. Shop for these juniper beauties in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You're listening to garden expert Ken Lane. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 10 Garden Show. You've tuned in to the Top 10 Gardener with garden expert Ken Lane. Join him daily as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So what's going on in the radio show host world is I've been doing this radio show for I don't know, 20 years long time. 
uh, terrestrial airwaves, traditional radio airwaves, broadcast all over northern Arizona. And it's local content. It's made to be. And really, the outline for that is my weekly garden column. So I write a column each week, gets broadcast or, or published throughout all the, the, the newspapers locally. Uh, and then I uh, email that directly to my garden club members, folks that shop here. And it's actually more interactive. I think the one that comes right for, to our garden club members is much better because uh, it's the original content. Newspapers tend to dumb it down. They take all the links out. They don't allow you to shop online or re reference back out to other places. I'm trying to make it very interactive. So if it's a an interesting topic to you, you can go, oh, and here is some more. Oh, here's how you buy those. Here's the different varieties. Here's where you go to research. Uh, whereas they just go black and white, words, print, there we go. That's it. Some of the digital newspapers are getting better at embedding the links and getting the photos and that kind of stuff. But it's better coming directly from my desktop to yours. That's the outline for this show each week. And so I need to, it's hard coming up with 52 shows and there's a blizzard condition out right now. Well, you focus in on the article that's on houseplants and here's how you grow better African violets or whether that subject is. It's timely, it's, it's ripe for the season that we're gardening here at this higher elevation is for us. And so that's the outline. So, so there's six segments, it's, it's an hour program. I break those six segments up and where the radio host world is going is digital streaming, trying to create the content once, get great quality, informative, people want to tune in type of, of garden advice on this one. And then we upload it to our personal podcast. We have a digital outlet. This is brilliant. This is six, six shows. And so I know the radio shows, they, the radio stations, they also broadcast that out. They've got the podcast through the radio station, but also I've got my own. It's called the Top 10 Gardener. Top, T-O-P, 10, the number 10, Gardener. No one took that name. So I said, hey, that sounds pretty good. I'll take the top 10. I tend to go down 10 lists anyway. Uh, take a look at it. So every day we, we release one segment every day. So six days, six segments. And then on Sunday, we stitch it all together. We've got the hour-long program digitally available. You can get the top 10 gardener from any of your, if you're into that, if you're into podcast, you want local content that's for us right here. Take a look, subscribe, do me a favor. If you could thumb, thumbs up or make a comment, Apple really likes that. Google really puts you in, in a favorable position. But I think we're going to pass our 30,000 mark downloads uh, this this month. So it's going to, it's, it's trending really big. I think there were a thousand downloads just last in the last few weeks. And so it's trending higher, bigger, better, stronger. And now it allows me to get a, a national audience. And so this, this garden content, we're the same as North Carolina. We're the same as Tennessee. We're the same as Nashville. We're the same. We're the same as Albuquerque. We're the same. So this garden content works for all of us here. Uh, we share a lot of this at our garden classes. So every Saturday at 930, we've got a garden class today. It's or this, this Saturday, the 24th evergreens that bloom early. There's some that actually bloom next, uh, next week's uh, March 2nd spring to-do list for better gardens. And then I want to give you a special invite spring open house. We are going to have a launch like you've never seen. It's going to be big. Uh, the uh, 15th, 16th, 17th of March. That's that weekend of, of spring. We've got our 67th. No, 62nd. Is that right? It's it's 60s. It's a big number. Spring open house. Now we're going to celebrate. We've got our vendors coming. We've 
special grows coming. It should be really fun. The new plant introductions are going to be here. It's a fun gig. So March 15, 16, 17, join us. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Peony. Your grandmother would fall in love with these larger peony with so many colors to choose from. There's nothing like the enormous flowers to add stunning pops of color. Endearing springtime blooms are more than fragrant with luscious double flowers. Shop the most perennial peonies in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in landscape that just feels better, then tune in daily to the Top 10 Garden Podcast. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.